only one thing in the world that's been proven to scare 100% of the humans that inhabit it. No, not Chinese balloons. Digital marketing. This is the Get Found Got Growth Podcast. The fact is, there's nothing to be afraid of. And by the end of this show, you'll be more excited about it than you've ever been before. You're about to get some amazing practical tips and updates in digital marketing and search that you, as a small business owner, can start using today. Get ready to embrace it. Get ready to harness its power. And get ready to see the results. This is the Get Found Got Growth Podcast. And now your host, Maria Elena Duran. All right, we are in progress. We are ready to go. And I just want to get that recording for you. Again, it will be later this evening when it actually populates. So if you go to the link that I share, I'll share with you in just a few moments, you'll see that it just says coming soon. I will upload that by well, let's say tomorrow morning, because later this evening could be two o'clock in the morning for me. Don't want you to have to wait for that. So we'll just make a deal that it'll show up there in the morning. You see in front of you, of course, this is my contact information. My name is Maria Elena, Maria Elena Duran. Anything Google you can find here at this website. And then, of course, at the very bottom, that first handle is my Twitter handle right here. Oh, I see my little pointer is off. Let me put that back on. There we go. All right, there we go. That's my Twitter handle. This is my Instagram handle. If you want to tag me or post, then I'm happy to reshare you or retweet you in my stories or on my Twitter feed. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about what is accessibility and what the best practices are, because that's very important for us to understand. It's not just physical. It's also digital and how we can even make email everything that we're doing electronically accessible. Physical accessibility is, of course, part of it. We'll touch on that, too. And we'll talk about the importance of what we're doing to be inclusive and what we may be doing that is not inclusive. Like, for example, a lot of times when I'm doing these sessions, I will get comments in the chat box or question box using the other platform that I use, or even afterwards saying, you know, it's a little distracting to have those captions on. But understand that somebody may need that, and I do want to address someone who needs that to help them process and learn just a bit better. Okay. So for you, if you want a copy of today's, because maybe you want to replay this or go over um, something again, go over certain sections, slow me down for a section. This is how you can get a copy. Remember what I said, it's going to say coming soon there. So you'll see a QR code there. You can quickly snap. It'll take you there. Or that is the shortened link, which says small business access. Again, that will be the slides and everything, let's say tomorrow morning. So when we're talking about access, and I just want to give everybody a moment to shut, screenshot that or take a quick pick if you need to get that QR code. All right, let's go to the next slide and talk about accessibility. Because access, we understand that there are many people with disabilities that we may not actually physically see. So they may not present by any means. Nothing became more apparent to me when I was traveling, traveling, ooh, tried to say that too fast, traveling recently with my father. So my father is retired Air Force, career Air Force. We spent 26 years living on bases across the world. I went to a Department of Defense school. I'm used to going to a military theater, which starts with standing up and the Star Spangled Banner. That that's how I grew up my life. And he was actually a cardiac catheterization, a flight surgeon. So he was involved in Desert Shield, actively involved in saving many lives. But because of that, he actually exposed his side of his body to a lot of radiation. And so now at 80 years of age or a little over 80 years of age, 
he's lost his hearing there. He has to wear a hearing aid. I see how many people shout at him and talk to him as if he doesn't understand what he's they're saying. And he understands, he does. Now, yes, a hearing aid he does have, it's not as beautiful and clear a hearing as those of us who have the whole shebang, the ear tunnel and such. So he does have to struggle quite a bit. But I see people completely slow down hunched down to try to talk to him as if he doesn't understand. And he absolutely does. So I do want to show you ways that we can be inclusive and be kind, but not at the same time being condescending. Okay. So that's really what I think is important. Then more, even a little bit further, just this past summer, my husband had knee surgery and I've learned now that the airport, if you're in a actual wheelchair, the airport has the actual um, elevators on two different sides, nothing close to the gate. So you have to make sure you walk all this way and this way, and you have to wait a quite a long time for an actual wheelchair. So again, just being aware of these things sometimes is all it takes for us to know and realize there are many people that we may not see or even who want to have access to our information, our learning, what we're providing online, who cannot do that. And they do have buying power. We do have the opportunity if we make everything as easily accessible and as inclusive as it needs to be, it's something then that people can now feel that they're consuming the information and they're getting all the information just like a hearing person would, a sighted person would, okay? So as we look at our slides, a lot of times we're going to talk about how we can engage without those barriers, exactly how this can help you expand your market. So this just isn't for agencies and organizations. We as small businesses have to be aware of this because, as I shared with you, the buying power. We could be leaving money on the table because we are attracting those best customers, but we're not addressing and meeting the needs and experience and improving that experience for everyone. So first, we're going to talk about universal design because I promised that first we would start with digital digital and really understanding that digital experience. Now, every time I get to one of these slides, I am going to call out to see if there's any questions that you have. Just use that chat box because there's so many of us in the room. I don't want to turn mics on. But if you have any questions during the time, feel free to ask questions. Understand that I keep every session that I do highly interactive. And I do want this to be customized to you in the room because you are the ones who made time to be here. But do know that if it's very lengthy or personal. So when I say lengthy, if it takes you more than one sentence to write in the chat box, that means it's going to take me about a minute to read it. And all everybody is going to see is the top of my head, which is not a great learning experience. So I'll save those to the end. Plus, I'll turn off the recording then because that Q&A really is meant just for the people in the room. That's because you stayed here and you invested that time, but also to preserve your confidentiality, okay, and your privacy. So as we look at universal design, we want to talk about image descriptions. I'm sure you've heard about alternate text and descriptions. How many readily use that whenever they're posting any photos? Let me know in the question or the chat box. Sorry, you can tell the other platform I'm used to using is set. We call it a question box. So again, give me just a bit of grace as I get the terminology down here in Zoom. Color contrast. How many of us think about that? Because there's a great majority actually of people that are colorblind than actually see color. But I see people, even when they're sending emails, that will say, look, look at my response in yellow. Look at my response below in a green highlight, which often is not picked up. Then design techniques, even on our site and what we distribute and the links we provide to everybody, is it something that, again, 
is very inclusive and friendly of everyone. Text format, formatting and headlines and headers, are we putting too much in there that it can actually bog down a screen reader? Text links, are we making it easy for everybody? LinkedIn asks you to do, LinkedIn asks you to do it. So LinkedIn just to actually, to, to actually put in descriptions with your, your photos. That's awesome, Lisa. I love that if that's what they do, because a lot of times we don't think about that. We just think alt text is for Googlebot or for the search bot, but we don't think of perhaps that this could help us and help someone who's consuming the information. Text links, for example, and I did not happen to bring my phone right next to me. It happens to be too far away. But if your phone, you've seen it before when you're trying to tap on a text link, and if it's too close together, then our big fat fingers may touch both of them, but we don't blame our big fat fingers. We blame the actual organization or the company that is put on that website. So take a look at your text links. Are they easy to understand what they are? Are they easily accessible so that they're not trying to text? Actually, no one is trying to actually click on three links at the same time, and then video captions and transcripts. We're going to talk about that more today, but now this is really your time. I've done a lot of talking, and I want you to take a look at this photo, and in the chat box, describe for me what it is that you'll see. I'll give you a few moments to think about it and start typing or texting if you need to in that chat box, but let me know. And I'll move my little red highlighter out of the way. So as you're looking here, describe exactly what you see. A tea cup of coffee. Awesome, thank you, Jaina. Cup of coffee, perfect, thank you, Cindy. Cup of black coffee with a spoon and saucer. Thank you, Stephanie. A cup of black coffee sitting on a saucer with a spoon on the saucer as well. Thank you, Lacey. See how we're getting a little bit more descriptive, a little bit more clear. Warm, comfy heaven in the morning, right? I call it the elixir of life, Teresa. I'm with you. I am so with you on that. Black coffee at a diner. Thank you, Casey. Anyone else want to join in and share what you actually describe what you see? A cup of black coffee in a white cup and a saucer with a spoon viewed from above. Glenn, a cup of black coffee in a white cup on white saucer with silver spoon. Excellent, everyone, thank you so much for playing along. Feel free to jump in, cup of black coffee. Absolutely, Cordelia. Now I'm gonna ask you to think about what you wrote and think about the next slide. You see, a lot of times what we miss in communication is not describing exactly what's there, but it's the context of what's there. You've heard that saying, content is king. You know, everybody's talking about content. You want to put content on your site. Google's looking for helpful content. I want content that people will see on social and they'll engage. And we talk about content, but we talk, don't talk about, we talk about the king, but we talk, talk about the queen, which is context. Context. Is that a cup of coffee on a white saucer with a silver spoon looking from above? It's a black cup of coffee or there's black coffee in that cup. The cup itself is white on a blue background that is a diner table or maybe is at the back, on top of an ad. And this is a little section of a billboard. Is it a little screenshot of a YouTube screen or a YouTube stream that's actually happening? 
What is the context? Where is this at? Are there two people sitting at diner having an intense conversation over a cup of coffee? Is it a cold cup of coffee that's been sitting and waiting with nobody attending to it at an empty diner? Give us context because you see as sighted and hearing people, we automatically and instantly, because we have all of those facilities amongst us or faculties amongst us, we can look and see and get that context where somebody who doesn't have that does not have that. So as clear as we can get in the description of saying, this is a cup of black coffee on a white saucer with a spoon, they're missing everything else that we can take in, okay? So think about that as you're putting your actual photos together, because without alt text, a screen reader, which a lot of people need to use a screen reader, especially if they cannot see what's on a screen. So as they're using a screen reader, it is very, very distracting when a screen reader's on and it's reading to you everything if it's not very clear, giving you context and content. Also, do understand that part of that written description gives you a chance to show up when people are searching, when they want to know, go do or buy. SEO is search op engine optimization, and it's making sure that the search engine can truly see what it is that you've put out there and match it to somebody who's searching for that product, service, or solution. It also provides some helpful signals, too. So we do know that you do have alt text, which is about 100 characters. A character is a punctuation mark. It's a, um, a letter. It's a space. All of that's considered a character. And you normally only have 100 characters for alt text. But for captions and description, you have a much meatier and larger area where you can go into that context and content as well. So as you think about that, really, when you're describing and putting things together, are you concluding that context? One of my favorite, favorite trainings I ever went to was as a young person, I just had graduated from college and went to look, work for a large corporation and a large retail corporation, in fact. And I still remember the training to this day. It was so impactful because it was leadership effectiveness training. And one of the things, well, two actual um, exercises we did, the first one, very impactful was how do we had to teach and train somebody how to make a peanut butter sandwich. And so the first thing, you've got a loaf of bread and you've got a, a jar of peanut butter. And they said, all right, put the jar of peanut butter on the bread. So didn't you know that you had people taking that jar and smashing it onto a loaf of bread? Because that is all the skipping of and assuming that you're going to open up the plastic, unscrew the jar, take off the little foil or whatever covers in there and start utilizing a knife to start grabbing that and taking one slice of bread. There was no clear instruction like that. The second part of that exercise is that two people had to sit back to back to each other while one described a drawing to the other and the other one had to actually draw it. And it was amazing what different things that you see because a lot of times we hold in here the context and we don't get really good at verbalizing what that is. So remember that all text can help you with the search bot, give you a little bit more but also captions help serve the person who's looking as well as the search bot. All right, make sense to everybody? Now, color contrast is also important because we know that a lot of times people are colorblind. They cannot see, and so they just see hues of gray. As you look here, when you're using text colors, you see that one on the left is very low contrast, making it very hard for somebody to read, especially if they're having any challenges in seeing what they're reading and seeing the differentiation between different colors, different hues. And you see the high contrast on the right where it's nice, crisp, and clear, no matter if there's a lot of daylight or a little daylight. 
What's important to remember when we're looking at color contrast is look for that contrast, look for saturation, look at thick lines. So one of the things that I like to do when I'm replying to an email is I will say my response, because a lot of times we don't want to all return and try to put everything in in a reply. Sometimes too, it, you don't have the context. So you want to go right with the question and respond right there. But I will reply and I say my response in yellow and bold. I do both because now the bold is standing out amongst just the regular text. And you also have the highlighted yellow, just in case there's somebody there who could pick that up too. You could also use dots and dashes if you've ever used anything like a project management tool like Trello, ClickUp, Asana, you will see that they have different urgency levels that you can label the different tasks. And it's not just blank red or blank blue, it's red with some slashes through it and blue with some circles through it. So there's a differentiating graphics that gives some patterns there. We cannot assume that everybody knows that red means, wow, it's hot, it's ready to go, it's urgent, because it can also mean red beats halt, stop, no more, don't go. We can use textures, just like I was talking about some of the labels and some of the project management tools. And of course, we can label things to make that easier. So that's a nice screenshot that you see here when you get a copy of today's slides. You might want to hold on to this and even screenshot this now if you want to share this with other people who are actively involved in putting together your website or your digital presence, that they're keeping this in mind, or even with your team members, because it could be something as easy as replying to emails, or as I shouldn't say as easy, it's something as regular and average that we do routinely as re replying to email, and yet it could run into issues if you don't keep this in mind that you want to be inclusive of everyone and not be exclusive just because you didn't know or you didn't think about to select a thicker line for maybe that response. So if you look at the examples here, you can see what it looks like when you change out different colors, different grayscales, what that could look like for you too. Now there are some great tools and uh, there's a whole slide, of course, which I always call the money slide, which has everything that I want to share with you today and the resources. So you can click on there, but I'm going to share, let me see if, uh, again, we're going to see Zoom newbie here. If I can get this to come up for me, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to shake this for a little bit because I've got to touch the mouse pad. Uh, let me share. New share to here. All right. Hopefully you can see that. And do you see, where is it? Contrast checker. Let me know if you can see that contrast checker in front of you. Just let me know in the chat box. But you see, should see that's web aim perfect, Cindy, thank you. And you can see, you can actually check your contrast. Try to say that too fast together and really get a good feel for, there you go, the ratio, what the normal text looks like. And this is a free site that you can go to. So I will have the text link to that here in the slides, okay? But if you want to take a screenshot, you might want to play with it yourself. And then also when we're looking about pictures and designs, one of the other things that I like to look at here is this site too. You'll see that also in your notes and the slides you get here about the best way to lay things out, how you can do that even in coding. If you need to share that with somebody like a web designer to help them in you becoming more accessible. Let me go here, sorry about this. Sometimes things are not responding, sometimes they are. So I'm gonna do a little touching there, there we go. All right, hopefully you should see back on the slides. And let me put this here so we can advance, there we go. Now keep this in mind too, when you're looking at headers and formatting headers, because as you see here, 
For example, what you put there, the different breaks can help people who may not be sighted or who may not have hearing be able to see the differences between what you're actually emphasizing in the context that you're, or the content you're providing at. So that does, in a way, give them context. And you can also use technology to do that. One of the things that I love about Google Docs is this already comes into play. It's there. You can just deactivate it if it bothers you, but it's available to you right away if you need it. Another thing, you heard me talk about text links, so it's not just our big fat fingers, but it's us being more descriptive. So the example in front of you is if, for example, I was sharing with you the Grow with Google homepage, I could say visit the Grow with Google homepage and that highlighted in yellow underline there says Grow with Google and it links to the actual Grow with Google homepage. That is a much better experience and explanation of what somebody can expect compared to visit this link for training in this. So it doesn't give them the clear context that is needed. And this can help you not just with people in need, this just helps you in general. You'll see a lot of people doing this now in email where they're not putting the actual text link, the whole gibberish, the whole URL there, but they're actually embedding it into a clickable link within the email or even a post if they can. I know some of those platforms don't allow that, okay? All right, remember, if you want a copy of today's slides, I'm just showing this again as a reminder, because it is at the very front and the very back of this slide deck, and I don't want to have to flash the slides in front of you just to get back at that. So I know some people came in since we started, and this is how you get a copy of today's slides and the recording, but it'll be tomorrow morning before you see that, okay? So you'll just click this here, and it'll say coming soon when you re revisit tomorrow, it will be there. All right, now when we look at video captions, let's keep this in mind too. We really do need to think about ways, just like I'm doing here at the very bottom of your screen, sharing closed captions and being clear with what we're saying. Sometimes it's really funny what closed captions will pick up because I sometimes talk fast with a lot of passion and I do have that Southern drawl. So it picks up interesting things. But if you ever wanna know how clear you are and how well you are picked up by something, then all you need to do is open up a Google Doc. So let me bring that up again, bear with me. I'm gonna become really, really excellent at this pretty soon. And I'm going to show with you this slide, all right, or that screen, actually. There we go. You're seeing in front of you, that's a Google Doc. If you will go to Tools, so I'm going to click on Tools. And if you go to Voice Typing, then all you need to do is speak, and you can practice your enunciation there. You can practice how you say things and your pacing and really see what a, any closed caption tool will pick up about you. So you could also show this to somebody if they don't want to or have the ability to type, then they can just click to speak. And this is 100% free with any free Gmail account or free Google account. So a Gmail account, personal Gmail is a free Google account, okay? So you do have that in front of you. You can do that. What also you could do is as you're looking at sites and, sites and any digital things that you put out there, your online presence, if you'll look at the next tab, okay? you'll see screen reader in front of you. Do you see that in front of you, everyone? Just let me know. That's a Google Chrome extension screen reader. It's 100% free. All right. And what you can do here is, if I were to add it, you're going to hear, let me see if it'll happen. I will also have to install it, but let's see if we can hear it. So you can you see the screen reader. Perfect, Cindy. You've been awesome in keeping me, keeping me very comforted in knowing that I've got the right thing showing. All right, we're gonna make this live. Alert, screen reader has been added to Chrome. Alert, 
Window Accessibility Material Design tab. Main Content Main. While some users may look at images in the visual order of the screen from top left, step 1, to the top right, step 2. Bottom left, step 3, HTML code for four-step recipe. So you can see that if there was no... A side list with two. If there was no, I'm going to go ahead and remove from. this. All right, I'm just removing that so it's not in our way while we're trying to talk. But what the reason why I shared it with you is because you can understand if there is a lot of gibberish there or if you're repeating a uh, picture of a ball, picture of a ball, picture of a ball, because I've seen people do that thinking that that's going to be really cool for Google Pot when it's looking for things because you're using the same word. So it's showing the same keyword all the time. It's not very cool. In fact, it's horrible for somebody who's having a screen reader that they're using. It gives a horrible experience too for Googlebot. If you think of Googlebot like a user, then you will realize that Googlebot needs to have good, useful information and not just keywords stuffed, information stuffed into alt descriptions or even into captions. Okay, makes sense to everybody? All right, so the next steps now are really taking a look at video captions and transcripts. So as you look at video captions and transcripts, there are a lot of ways that you can get automatic captioning. If you've been on Instagram Reels, you know, they are really good at captions. I love it. In fact, a lot of times when I don't have time to do any editing, I'll just throw it up on Reels. I'll catch the captions, then I'll download the video and use it somewhere else. Or I will use it on Reels, repurpose it on TikTok, use it on YouTube Shorts, because I'm very much a fan of curate content. Don't continue to create because we create a lot of content that nobody ever sees less than two percent of people who follow you or do thing anything with you actually see it and i want to meet them where they're at because as you know if you've been in any session with me before that i am a big fan of fish where the fish are it takes a tremendous amount of time, energy, and money to be able to get to people to look over here when they're all looking over here right okay so I have a blog and had someone email me who was failing her eyesight. She expressed that she loved reading my blog, but wished I had a way to play the blog post. Does Google have a way to add audio to existing blog post copy? Um, you can add it. For example, if you were, um, if you did this, I was trying to think, you know what? Let me think about that. Cause I, I my first go-to was that you could add it. If you do the click to type. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that. Um, because there are a couple of tools and understand we have a little over a thousand tools. So what would probably great be great is I will send that to Cindy with OKSBDC and she'll provide it to you. Or if you want to, when you get a copy of the slides, if you want to just reach out to me and find out exactly the answer to that, I can give you a better answer. Again, don't want the rest of everybody to try me to think, to watch me think as I'm crawling up in my head to try to remember. I know there is a tool, but I'm not sure if it's a combination of tools or just one tool. But great question. Okay, great question. And I'll find the answer to that. And then we'll all know, right? All right. So as we're looking here to, if you want to create automatic transcripts, it doesn't just have to be the captions that you're downloading from Instagram bit by bit. You can also create your own transcripts. You can have somebody transcribe it for you. That is some of the ways you can bring that there, but there are a lot of free ways to do it too. So let me show you how to do that. One is of course with YouTube. You may or may not know that YouTube has automatic captioning. So go down to the gears there. You see that there. You can toggle that little auto translate. And once you do that closed captioning, you'll have that on. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. I've seen it. I've had to watch shows around that. But it is something that is available there to you. What you can also do is enable transcription there with your YouTube channel or your YouTube video you're watching and download the transcript too. So you can have that available. So that is something. Um, 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm thinking about that last question. I want to give you an answer to that, but it really to give you the best answer, I should wait till after this. So I will do that for you. Okay, remind me though to do that and provide that to you. So, and that was, let me see, Emily. Emily, that's a great question. And I don't want you to think I'm just ignoring it, but I want to give a really clear answer. There's also Vimeo here. Did you, you may or may not know that Vimeo also has auto caption on there. So you can turn that on. Yeah, let me see, I'm going to go back to this here, this presenter, if I can go forward. There we go. We also have with TEDx, you have automatic captioning there. You have a lot of subtitles. For example, I was working in Expo. So I was at the Association for Chamber of Commerce Executives. So the International Association had their big international conference in Indianapolis. And we had a lot of people in that Expo hall and we were playing a video. So what we did with YouTube is we turned our captions on. We turned the, the audio off completely because no one was going to hear over the noise of the Expo hall, but they could come up to the booth and read it. So it was a good experience for them. And there wasn't anything extra that we needed to do other than turn mute on and put the captions on. You can do the same with your TEDx video. You can also do the same thing in TikTok. It's automatically built in there. So you have all of that access. And remember what I said about being able to download the actual audio into a transcript in an actual YouTube video. You can do that right there. You'll see that menu coming up. If you click on the three dots there, that'll take you all the way down to where you can use that transcript and get that. So you have all of this access to you, and I encourage you to do that, to make it more accessible to everybody. So your digital presence is giving them the opportunity to consume information, just even like Emily said, looking for that tools that makes it nice and easier for them to really enjoy what you've created. Now, a lot of times when we're sharing things, and you'll hear me do this and say this, even when I'm leading sessions about the best resumes or the best job hunt tools, is we'll send things in PDF. PDF stands for Portable Document Format. It keeps and retains the integrity of the actual document, the way you've laid it out, the white space that you've laid there, everything looks the same as what you're sending out to the person who's receiving. It doesn't adjust to their actual program that they have that may be opening it. The problem with PDF is it flattens everything, okay? So you don't see any clear distinction there, which makes it hard for people to read or a screen reader to even read. So understand that PDFs can be where it's easier and even um nicer because it gives us the nice design that we want if we're sending it to people who are sighted, but it's not always the nicest experience if you have any other issues or challenges, okay? All right, any questions before we go to, into email accessibility? Let me know in the chat box. All right. No questions, let's go ahead and dive in, but feel free to ask questions. This is your session here. For email, you heard me talk a moment ago about when I reply to email, if I'm replying within the actual context uh, and content, I should say, of the email that I'm replying to and I'm answering questions there that I will make it bold and then I'll highlight it. I'll do both. But for you, think about with your email, is the layout there? Is it the one column layout that you're sending out? Especially a lot of times people will send out email newsletters and they'll have two columns and two columns are so 1990. Um, it is definitely changed. We want the one column because we're all 
all reading on a four and a half inch screen. Remember, we go 89% of us go to a mobile device first, and we don't want to see two columns on a four and a half inch screen. It's too much. So it does need to be nice and mobile friendly where they can just scroll and read. And also then remember, what is the purpose of those links? Are we describing those just like I was showing you with the text links? And emojis, while they're wonderful, they're wonderful for your open rate if you're doing email marketing. If you are sending to somebody who might have that actually read to them, that could be an issue, okay? So it's actually read to them by an automatic screen reader, which could happen. By the way, Emily, yes, a screen reader could be used if you wanted to live, uh, put that screen reader on live, but she would have to install it. So there's some steps. I know there's an easier way. All right, so but some of the best practices in email marketing is remember the 60-40 text ratio. We want 60 text to image. We want 60% of it to be text, 40% to image, all right? That's what we want to look at when we're looking at email marketing, because when we get too image heavy, then of course we have to have a lot of alt description and a lot of captions within there. Watch your font size. I have been on a lot of people's websites where I know that people will leave a website within seconds if it's too difficult to read, and some people's font size are 10-point aerial narrow. That is not easy for anyone to see on a mobile device. And if people have to pinch and zoom or swipe side and side to finish a sentence because you put so much, cram so much in there, that's too much. Also, remember what I said about that good eye, that good contrast in the color. We saw that a moment ago and we saw that great tool that you're gonna have access to in the links. Now, also, maybe you can give some closed captioning in your videos too, giving them the opportunity. So a lot of times people are sending video replies now, and that's the reason I bring it up because we're talking about email. So in video replies, do you provide transcripts there too, just in case they need to have access to and consume that information with that transcript to be able to really get the core of what you're talking about. Now we're going to jump into physical accessibility, but before we do, I do want to find out if you have any questions, find that chat box, let me know while we have this time together. I'm going to push on, but feel free to use that chat box for questions. So if you've never traveled around in a wheelchair, I've had the great blessing of having an oldest child broke a leg, um, another child who had an injured leg, and trying to get in for another child who is a 16-year-old boy who you're trying to lift up. There's no ramp to get into a suburban from the curb of a hospital. Try that as a five foot woman trying to lift him up into a suburban. So you can see that there are some obstacles or things that we may need that are not there to make it easy for somebody just to even navigate a physical space. And as I was sharing with you, when my husband had knee surgery, double knee surgery, I realized that airplane flying is not so much fun when you have to find all of the elevators within an airport, you have to go through security, even with a TSA pre-check, and all that you need to do to get in and out of a wheelchair. It becomes quite an event. And then, of course, wheelchair people, the, the people who are pulling you or pushing you all over are happy to help, but not every one of them thinks about how you know it actually feels or what it, it's like when you lose somebody in an airport and then you hide them behind a counter because they're stay at their, they actually park them behind where there's a computer screen. It can become quite an event. So just look at your physical space. Can people make wide turns? Is there anything physically in the way? When you think of that access, then actually try it. Not just what you think, but measure it or even take a wheelchair through it because there are some wild, wide wheelchairs. We went um, last October to Disney World. It was my father's dream to actually see the Millennium Falcon. 
And um, at the time, we actually, it was, yeah, it was a, a year, about a year and a half ago, a little over a year ago. Uh, but we went to Disney World because that section was open and we could go there, but he's in a wheelchair. A mom and he are both. So we have to get from the hotel with two wheelchairs in a vehicle and then out because if you ever go to Disney World, you can't reserve wheelchairs. It's a first come, first serve. So you don't want to walk through Disney World, that huge place, without having a wheelchair. So we went and went ahead and rented and brought some in um, that we were able to have delivered at the hotel. But then transporting it becomes quite an issue. So think about what it's like when somebody makes the decision to come to your location and now they're at your location. Think and step through that. It truly is a moment of walking in their shoes. You're rolling in their wheelchair and you're trying to figure out what that's like. Or even if they have a walker, what does it feel like? Understand what the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities, these act regulations and their guidelines are. Of course, service animals, we see a lot of people coming in with service animals, and I see a lot of locations being very service animal friendly too, but publicize your support so people can make that decision. When they're searching on Google search and maps, who to do business with, now they can see that you have all these amenities and you're making sure that this is completely accessible and inclusive to them, then they can decide that this is who they want to do business with. So when people are searching, make that information right there and available. And that's what we're talking about here in everything today is truly about being inclusive. So when we say being inclusive, we are talking about no assumptions, right? I don't need somebody who is a cardiac catheterization flight surgeon to have somebody bend down and look at them and speak so slowly as if they can't understand simple words. I know it was. She was trying to make sure he heard it clearly. We were boarding Southwest Airlines, which I'm a big fan. I know not everybody is because there have been some issues, no lie, no doubt, but um, they... Uh, couldn't load him on the plane because he he needed um, he needed some wheelchair assistance, but also he couldn't hear. They wanted to bring in an interpreter. He doesn't sign though. He has a hearing aid, but he doesn't sign. So he could walk into the plane. So it was a, a big deal, a big issue. And as I explained to her, I said, if you just listen, I'll tell you exactly what he needs. And now you'll be able to provide it instead of guessing because the guessing feels horrible for all of us, right? So if you think about that, speak normally. You don't need to yell. You don't need to get in somebody's face and be closer than you ever need to be to be able to express what you're saying. And if you aren't sure, just ask because they're happy to tell you happy that more than anything, they do not like the having to go through assumptions and go through other issues and to not be heard. No one wants to be heard or told what they should do. No one wants to be shit on. Right. Perfect. OK, so we let's see. I see a comment here. And we are startup and after visiting several different events like ours, one of our main goals is to provide 100% accessible facility. Our oldest son is 100 So, okay, you, right, exactly. And it's a horrible experience. Nowhere to change. Perfect. See, that's, I mean, nowhere to change him. Paths weren't accessible. The staff offered no help. It's quite an event. Until you've, you've been in that situation, you do not realize it's not just one inconvenience. It's quite a landslide of different things that happen, right? Exactly, exactly. Emily, I'm with you on that too. I'm with you on, yes, the more we can think about that, the more we can ask, the more we can learn and we can provide things and not waste time, energy and money doing things that really aren't addressing the true need. And we can be respectful. That's the big thing is just being respectful. And that's why I am okay with asking questions and being asked questions, because I think that gives us the same context. It truly gives us the same page to share from and a lot better than assuming, right? So here again, if you want some accessibility to all of the different tools that I was sharing with you today, this is what I call the money shot. If you want to take a screenshot till you get a copy of today's slides and you do see here, let me see. 
Oh, thank you, thank you. Just a reminder here, Emily's giving us a reminder. Thank you so much. If you wanna connect with the Oklahoma Small Business Development Advisor, she's giving you the link there in the chat. That's there for everybody. Plus you have the links here of everything that I shared today. And if you would love to give me a review, I would love it too, but you don't feel obligated. The next slide is if you do wanna give me a review, you can just take a screenshot here. I appreciate any review, but do not feel obligated that you have to do that. It just helps me know that I'm providing you good service and lets other people know too that this is important to them and it is delivered in a way that is, is easily accessible and consumable for them. And then, of course, if you want a copy of today's slides and you missed it earlier, all you need to do is take a screenshot of this QR code or snap it on your phone or take a screenshot of that link and use that. Understand it's going to say coming soon until tomorrow morning. So let's go ahead now and drop into questions because we are in questions. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. You've been listening to the Get Found Got Growth Podcast. Maria is a small business owner herself. She's been doing it for almost 20 years. She's even earned the Texas Governor's Excellence in Small Business Award. In fact, Google contracts her to train at conferences. And now you have her for free. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find Maria on Instagram at Maria Elena Duran. And on Twitter and LinkedIn at Maria Duran. See you next time on the Get Found Got Growth Podcast.